Hello, welcome to episode 16 of Calling All Communicators, a podcast where industry professionals and academics discuss all things communication. I'm Zach. And I'm Cindy. And today we're talking with Brianne Leeson, who is a peer support specialist and coach for people who were diagnosed later in life with um, ADHD and autism, mm-hmm. or actually both autistic yeah. ADHD years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brianne really opened my eyes. Um, I have people in my life who ha- are autistic, but she really opened my eyes to what they go through on a day-to-day basis with just communicating normal things. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. I mean, I have, you know, there's people in my life obviously too who have autism, but you know, you never really like sit down and, and ask them specific questions about like, well, how does this work and how does that work? Right. So today was definitely very, very eye-opening. Uh, she gave us some crazy statistics about, um, about autism and we just learned so much. I mean, where do we even start mom? Well, let's start with the fact that I had no idea that the second cause of death for autistic people is Mm self-harm and that the average lifespan for someone who has AR autism is 35. Yeah. Isn't that just unbelievable? Yeah. That was just like a knife in the heart hearing that about how difficult their lives can be Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how you know, we wanted to talk with Brianne to find out, okay, how can those of us who aren't neurodivergent help or communicate better with those who are? Mm-hmm. Because I think we make so many assumptions. And I think that's the first place we need to start is not making assumptions about other people. Yeah, right. It's like when you when you hear somebody say something, you're like, huh, that doesn't sound right to me. Like, don't necessarily assume the worst in that, right? Like, don't think that you can take anything people say at face value necessarily, right? Like right. People, people aren't just really specifically choosing their words and phrases that they're saying, right? Like that right. isn't the way that we, that we communicate. So, right. so if you then assume that that's the way that people communicate, that is going to be really bad. So. Right. And to just not always go to the extreme about um, what somebody says and what they might mean. Ask them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Another interesting thing from our conversation is we each, uh, we learned a new vocab word. Yes. Uh, we learned allistic, which is uh, the word for people who do not have autism. So mm-hmm. allistic, you'll hear that word used throughout the conversation as well. So, right. I mean, man, we just, we learned so many things from this conversation. Right. And I think the main point that I like that Brianne made was just to be more charitable in your perceptions of people or or how you interpret other people's actions and thoughts and words. Yep. Yeah. And I love that because I, you know, that applies for everybody, right? I know you should apply for people with autism or whatever. Yeah. We should be doing that anyway. You shouldn't need a reminder to do that, but I think most of us do. And I'm included in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think now we should probably get into the episode. 
All right, now let's get going with the podcast and enjoy our conversation with Brianne Leeson. Welcome, Brianne. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, Brianne Leeson is a peer support specialist and coach for late diagnosed autistic ADHDers like herself. She used her, uses her lived experience as an autistic person and her degree in linguistics to communicate and educate on the autistic experience to non-autistic audiences. Brianne is also a writer, voice actor, and podcaster, known for shows Today's Lucky Winner, a supernatural comedy audio drama featuring an autistic main character, and Info Dumpies, a podcast celebrating the autistic and ADHD trait of info dumping. <laughs> so welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. You know, the first thing we always ask our guests is, how did you get your calling for communication? You know, it's it sounds self-centered, but I was good at it. <laughs> yep, we get it. Yeah. It was uh it was a pretty easy path to follow. Um and I just kind of naturally went there. Um, you know, uh a lot of autistic people have uh a trait in childhood called hyperlexia. Oh, I'm not familiar with um, that. It is basically just a reading at what is considered a precocious age. So I okay. started reading at two. Wow. Um, and sp- I did not speak a first word other than mom. I had full phrases. So whenever the phone rang, I would say, who is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so from very early on, I, mm-hmm. I had a certain knack for communication um and i am late diagnosed autistic so i also had so many questions about communication because there are some things i wasn't doing quote unquote right so i mm. think that's what led me to go get a linguistics degree um i know a lot of autistic linguists because many of us were trying to figure out what people mean when they say certain things <laughs> wow can you give me an example of that um well so I follow the model, uh, the neurodiversity model for autism, um, just as a preface. So is my autism a disability? Yes. Is it something I need cured? No, because people running on different softwares and having different types of brains are all part of biodiversity. Mm-hmm. Because if all human brains are programmed the same way, we would be so ill-equipped to help each other and be a community. Right. So for me, when I'm going to be talking about communication differences with autism, um, the DSM puts them as deficits. Mm -hmm. Um, But under the neurodiversity paradigm, we just discuss them as communication differences. Correct. So the angle I go at is you're looking at communication almost like a different culture, really. Yeah. Um, So a lot of linguists... uh, a lot of autistic people who go into linguistics are really interested in the component of linguistics called pragmatics. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm interested in all of language in general, but pragmatics is really the part where you can buckle down and say, what is the social meaning and the social significance 
of things people say that is beyond the literal interpretation of their words in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Okay. So being autistic, when people say autistic people take things literally, I think a lot of the time they think that if someone says it's raining cats and dogs, that I'm going to be like, it's not literally raining cats and dogs. It's raining H2O. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Um, for literal interpretations of things, it's meaning that any subtext that someone might be trying to communicate to me, it's not that I won't understand the subtext. I have to manually figure it out. It is not intrinsic to me. Yeah. Yeah. To me, to me, it's like you're trying to speak another language and going, wait, how do I do present progressive for this verb? It's akin to that. I mm -hmm. have to manually say, okay, um, my girlfriend said she's fine, but what of the 82 meetings of she's fine could that mean? I need to look at my historical context with her in the previous time she said it's fine, and I need to look at the situation we're in right now and collect data. What is her face doing? What pitch did her voice take? So understandably, when there's an entire field that looks at and dissects language down to the social components that much, a lot of autistic people are going to be drawn to it. Um, my minor is in anthropology and social science, because again, a lot of us just go to figure out how humans work. So I've met autistic people with doctorates in anthropology who are like, no, I was... I was trying to figure out people like I was. Yeah, yes. that, that's super interesting because um, that definitely rings true with my experience. A lot of what you're saying, because I'm in I'm a I'm in a uh, Ph.D. Uh, communication uh, right now. And a lot of my colleagues um, are on the spectrum and they give me very similar reasons for like why they were interested in communication in the first place. They're like, yeah, like I didn't necessarily understand it super well. So I wanted to basically get better at it and study it. So I just thought that that was really insightful from them and from you, obviously, as well. Um, one thing I'm kind of curious about now is um, when you were diagnosed, you said that you were late diagnosed. Um, first thing I'm curious about, how old were you when you were diagnosed? And then 30. also 30. 30. Okay. Wow, and then yes. was it, was this like, did you recognize it? kind of yourself was it somebody else who kind of pointed it out to you like you know how did you kind of go about this um I actually got diagnosed with my ADHD first mm -hmm. and in an effort to understand my own brain better I was consuming a lot of content about ADHD and trying to learn as much as I could um and current statistics Current statistics have it at about a third of people with ADHD are autistic mm. and about half of autistic people also have ADHD. Um, there was actually a recent study that found specific genetic markers for both. Mm. Um, some that were autism, some that were ADHD, and I believe it was about five that they shared. And people like me who have both had the whole, I, I collected them all, I caught them all, uh, so uh, there's a lot of overlap. So I saw a Venn diagram someone had made of autism and ADHD. And I was like, have the entire ADHD side. And I was like, wow, I have everything that's in the middle. And I don't know what these three words mean, 
But other than that, I have all of these autism ones too. And I thought, except the social difficulties and the communication difficulties, which because people don't speak about their internal experience, I thought everyone was doing things manually. And I was like, oh, I'm good at social stuff and communicating. I've practiced a lot. Um, yeah. So for me, it was consuming ADHD content that actually, uh, there's a habit in the ADHD community for people to see autistic traits in themselves and not want to call those traits autistic and then just attribute those to ADHD. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey, that's, that's autism. <laughs> like you're the likelihood that you're autistic is pretty high. So, but for me, I saw that and I went, I need to go research some things. So that led me to months and months of vacillating as to whether or not I wanted to go see a professional. Um, and in the autism community, um, self-diagnosis is considered valid because there is such a hurdle to seeing a doctor for it. Like it was $1,700 for me to get assessed. Wow. And that's, that's if you can, yeah. And there are also concerns like I cannot be a foster parent now. I cannot um, do, I cannot immigrate to certain countries. Um, really? I can... There are lots of things that having my diagnosis keeps me from doing. There are some states where they're required to report diagnoses like that to the state. Um, and a lot of them are trying to get it put on driver's licenses now, which for some people, they might think that would make them safer when they get pulled over. But given how little people know about autism, I don't need everyone knowing that. I'm just stunned about that. What an they're invasion rolling. of privacy. And they're rolling in being autistic into a lot of anti-trans laws too, yeah. because because autistic people are more likely to be trans than the holistic, which is a vocab word of the day. Holistic population is non-autistic. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I just have to say that is valid because there's so many things that it could yeah. be dangerous for some people. I did go get a professional diagnosis though, um, and yeah, it took months of me researching before I before I did that, because it's, it is a lot to figure out that you have been, everything has been harder for you your entire life. And people told you, well, that's just what life is like. And it's like, no, you were, you're trying to run Android software on an Apple, like on an iPhone. Yeah. No wonder I was struggling. Right. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. There's so many different ways that we could go off of anything you just said, because I didn't realize a lot of different things that you just said. Like, I didn't realize that there's like immigration problems to other countries, for example, if you have a diagnosis. I mean, yeah, that's just really interesting. And then we could we could obviously also talk about the uh, police aspect and kind of how just people in general don't have a lot of knowledge of autism and kind of how that how that works, how it might be different from person to person and everything. Because I feel like with um, with policing and stuff, I feel like every so often there's always some kind of story about the police killing a neurodivergent person, whether whether they have autism, whether they have anything else. Um, stories like that do definitely happen with somewhat regularity. And yeah, that's, yes. that's pretty terrifying. I think well, the other statistic that's really relevant to in regards to communication um not necessarily statistics so autism as a spectrum is not less autistic to more autistic okay. 
Um, you either run on this software or you don't. Um, there are specific autistic traits that each individual autistic person will experience on a spectrum. So sensory differences, communication differences, um, emotional regulation, all of these traits that make up autism and those differences, those exist on their little sliders like you're customizing a character in a video game. Um, and we all have our unique sort of profile as autistic people. So the trait for being verbal and speaking and communication is one that um, the, a lot of people use the term nonverbal, but the community of autistic people who don't speak have said they prefer the term non-speaking. Mm. Um, so there's plenty of prejudice against people who use um, AAC, which is assisted in augmentative communication. Mm -hmm. um, and they are labeled under functioning labels, which the community doesn't like either. They're often just labeled as low functioning and robbed of a lot of opportunities. Um, and for me, I am hyperverbal. Um, I have trouble figuring things out if I cannot verbalize them. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And regardless of how we communicate, our communication is a large part of why um, and even our nonverbal communication is a large part of why the unemployment rate for autistic people is 85%. Wow. For college-educated autistic people, it is 85%. And the global unemployment rate for disability as a whole is around 20. Hmm. But autism specifically, because our communication culturally is coded as being rude yeah mm -hmm. so do you think that, that do you think of that, that big problem with unemployment then comes from like i don't know the inability to interview in a similar way uh as people who don't have autism or is it just from is it from people's uh, just not wanting to hire people with autism like kind of where do you think that that comes from it's probably a mix of all these things but it is really a mix. And for a lot of us, the problem doesn't necessarily come getting hired. Mm -hmm. um, for some of us who can, it's autistic masking is something that um, a lot of us do, especially as late recognized. And yeah. um, it is basically suppressing our autistic traits and doing our best to mimic how an holistic person communicates. Um for I think the best of course Trekkie analogy I can give is in Star Trek where they have to go down to an alien planet disguised as those aliens and they're doing their best impression based on all of the data they've collected and they get one little thing wrong and they go oh now you've been caught you did one tiny thing wrong that's what it feels like so autistic masking you can do during an interview to a certain degree um but when you have the job later is when that becomes untenable to do all the time. Um, masking is directly related to our suicidality rate. Um, our second leading cause of death is self-harm. And our average life expectancy is 36. Um, so yeah, as far as average life expectancy, I'm an elderly autistic person. Um, and for jobs you can do the job perfectly you can be great at the job and then they cannot 
like you socially. For mm-hmm. work, there are a lot of things where if you are not going to get drinks with the right people after work, mm-hmm. if you are not doing any water cooler talk, if you are not smiling at the times they think are necessary, if you are not doing back and forth conversation the way they want you to, if you don't do all of those social things, you can be amazing at the job and they will find a reason to fire you or not promote you Mm -hmm. or lay you off first. Um, I have two partners. One is ADHD and one is autistic. My autistic partner had a job where they stapled an extra paper to his employee review because his employee review said, you're doing great. As far as the work goes, you're doing wonderful. Here are a list of things we would like you to change about how you socialize at work. Oh, that is crazy. I mean, oh my gosh. And that is is not unique. That is not a unique, his story is not unique. Mm -hmm. I, I have clients all the time who are like, I got yelled at at work because I was not smiling at a coworker. And I got yelled at at work because I was not a team player because I didn't do all of this stuff after work or do any of the, you know, works fantasy football thing. I didn't do all of this because for most of us, we have to mask so much all day to not get fired that our evenings and weekends are spent just trying to save up enough energy to go back and do it all over again. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a specific type of burnout that comes from having to fake that communication so much. It's autistic burnout. Mm -hmm. And instead of being occupation related, autistic burnout is the things necessary to keep this human body alive and exist are the things are the very things that are burning me out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a crazy paradox because I mean, you're right. Like in order to survive in the world that has been built around us, you need to try to mask the autism right and then yeah that is the thing that's burning you out that is just such a paradox oh my god yeah there is is, this is such an education thank you i i I thought i knew some stuff about autism but wow you've opened my (laughs) eyes no kidding yeah and oh sorry oh Um, go ahead uh yeah i was just gonna say the maybe the most striking thing you i think you've said so far is the life expectancy is 35 And when you said that, I started thinking to myself, I was like, okay, let me try to think of like older people that have autism. And I had a very difficult time because yeah, like it, yeah, you just don't see a lot of them. And to, to that effect, there are a lot of older, like to that point, there are a lot of older people who just got labeled as weird too. That's true. Um, I saw, I saw a very funny, uh, tweet where someone said, uh, was like yeah sure you say everybody has autism nowadays but my old neighbor who had an eight thousand dollar train collection and wrote a letter to the city telling them that the street lights were too bright was just a completely neurotypical guy mm-hmm. um I saw that. that was pretty funny yeah yeah so one to two percent of the population are autistic on best estimates and that's not as small of a number as i think people assume so if if my goal is anything, it's that someone shouldn't have to tell you they're autistic for you to consider that someone might be communicating differently. Right. Like there is the phrase that all 
all behavior is communication, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those behaviors don't communicate the same things on different people. Yeah. Right. So you should consider if somebody is not smiling at you or not going out for drinks after work that they're mad at you or they just aren't a friendly person. It's that they have other things going on. And you know. yeah. And there is such an implicit bias against autistic people that even our body language they've done. There was a big study where they showed people videos of autistic people and there were autistic people thrown in there. And at the end, they ask questions like, who would you want to talk to more? Who would you want to be friends with? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. So when holistic people were shown the video, they almost immediately said, I don't have anything to do with that person. They could figure out who was autistic and immediately decide they didn't like them. Wow. The thin slice judgment takes about six seconds for someone to make. Um, when autistic people were shown the videos, we were like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know this person. Like, I can't make a judgment based off of this. But there is such implicit bias in how autistic people are perceived in our communication that I really think if people can pause and say, do I know that this person has ill intent? I do not. Let me not assume the worst until I I talk to them more. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And now that when you're when you're bringing up implicit biases like this, it's making me, you know, think back on all my implicit biases, right? Which I'm sure I do have. So, yeah, that's definitely something I need to think about more too, for sure. Yeah, because like for me, like eye contact is another thing. Um, if Mm -hmm. I'm going to be paying, I don't know how to, I have to manually think about eye contact. So either I am, and when, when autistic people hear the word, words, eye contact, um, autistic TikTok kind of blew up about this a little while ago. We assumed that meant our eyes literally looking directly at your pupils Mm -hmm. and not just looking at your face. Uh, Yeah. We took it quite literally. Um, And for me, I have to tell myself, make eye contact, look away. You've looked too long. You should look again so they know you're paying attention. I'm I'm having to manage that um, while trying to talk. And Mm -hmm. autistic language values uh, precision also. Mm -hmm. So I am manually choosing the most precise words I can for what I mean, because I am not adding subtext to things. And that's another that's another communication thing is if someone has said something and you have a almost visceral reaction to it, stop and say, am I reacting to the words this person said or am I reacting to the subtext and tone that my implicit bias has perceived them as having? And you can stop and clarify. That is fantastic advice. So like a real life example, um, several years ago, um, all three, my partners and I had all gotten the flu that year. The flu shot was like, I don't got this one, buddy. You're all getting it. Um, and we had been sick for a couple of weeks. Um, and I thrive on routine for everything as my autism likes. And I was cleaning because we had all been sick for like two weeks and 
I got overloaded and I had an autistic meltdown. And when I'm, when my meltdown's over, my partners like to check in and say like, what can we do next time? What caused it? Can we take that source of the thing that was the final straw away? Just kind of a debriefing when I'm doing better to see if they can help. And I had said to my holistic partner, I was like, I am really stressed and overwhelmed. Nobody's cleaned in two weeks and there's so much to do. And I saw her face change and I was like, oh no, I have upset her. But instead of just react, she went, okay, before I, before I react, she said to my holistic brain, you are telling me you are upset at me because nobody's cleaned in two weeks. And the subtext is that I've contributed to your meltdown. And she stopped to clarify. And I was like, no, like if I'm mad at anyone, it's the flu. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we were all very sick for two weeks. I'm not mad at you. It's just a thing that's out of our control and no one could clean for two weeks. I literally meant no one could clean for two weeks and now there's so much to do. And she was like, okay, all right, we're good. (laughs) So rather than just be like, oh, okay, fine. Okay. And like, go be upset with me, which a lot of people would do. She paused and said, okay. I listened to the literal words she said. Let me ask for clarification. And the real trick is believing the person when they clarify it. Yes. I love this example because this is something that I teach my students, like just for communication in general, right? It's like, if you feel like somebody is being like passive aggressive towards you or something like that, feel free to clarify with that person, right? Like they don't have to have autism. It can be anybody, right? Like clarifying what you mean is just so important because so many communication breakdowns happen, right? Where like, we just don't understand what each other is saying. So yeah, that's just such a great example. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because in studies, autistic people can communicate with each other more effectively than holistic people communicate with each other. That doesn't surprise me. Partly because we're so literal. And I think one of the other things when communicating uh, with autistic people is um is not being threatened by being asked questions for clarification um that's another thing that happens in the workplace a lot where you know if you ask someone well what did you mean by that or why did you want it done this way or you ask something like that to get clarification so you can do your job well um someone who is higher up on the food chain than you at work will say oh they're challenging me they're trying to tell me they think this is not smart they're trying to tell me Mm -hmm. they don't want to do this thing they're trying to tell me it's a bad idea no like i literally just want to know what i'm supposed to do (laughs) i literally just want to know what i'm supposed to do but asking questions for clarification it's really a catch-22 for autistic people because if we don't understand something and we ask for clarification Asking for clarification runs the risk of also upsetting somebody. Yeah. Hmm. So one thing I'm getting from this is that um, altruistic is that I'm sorry. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. All all a l l i s t i c. Holistic. Holistic. 
holistic uh, people need to slow down and pause and evaluate before they move forward. What more can we do? I think... I think being more charitable in your interpretations of other people in general. Yeah. Um, I, I, as an autistic person, and I know, you know, talking to clients, my experience is not unique. It often for us feels like people take the most unflattering, meanest interpretation they possibly could of what we said because they've added their own subtext. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm you pro- know, if yeah. it, like I, I need people, if someone's mad at me too, I can't, I can't always tell part of, part of the autistic experience is having to manually guess what someone's feeling. So I have to look at eyes and tone and voice and all of this, um, to figure that out. So I might not get that someone's mad at me. Um, like being explicit in the things you want and you need to. Um, a lot of the time people will set boundaries implicitly. Mm-hmm. They will not say what their boundary is. So I will not, I will accidentally cross it because I did not know there was a, a boundary. Um, so I think being explicit about things that are really important, like, hey, I have a boundary where I do not answer emails after 4 p.m. or something something to that effect mm-hmm. like being very explicit about them um basically if you learned it as a communication tool in couples therapy it's probably a good thing to take home for talking yeah. to autistic people hmm. yeah and i love that because it really does seem like um it seems like mostly a lot of the tips about like how to you know, how to properly or how to better communicate with all people in the world, uh, autistic people included, a lot of it is just like, slowing down, be nicer, like, don't, don't assume things in other people, right? Like, you would assume, like, we would think that these things would be so simple. But for some reason, these are things we should do anyway. Yeah, exactly. These are things we should be doing anyway, right? But we just don't do them, like, period. Right. And that's just crazy. There's also holistic people can connect and socialize with much more ease based on how you are programmed as well though because your the words you say can carry so much more social meaning in one small package that you can more easily convey that stuff to each other quickly so there are like being holistic and being autistic are just neutral things about programming. Yeah. And like, I'll joke with my holistic partner, like, Oh, I'm, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. You had trouble literally saying that you poor dear, you suffer with allism. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But yeah, I think, I think in general, if you were having a very strong response to something, someone's saying, I think that is a key point to say, okay, am I having a strong response to their literal words, to the subtext? Um, 
And like, if you're saying, well, it's the tone of how they said it. I'm autistic. I have, I don't know what my tone is. I have mm-hmm. to manually add tone to my voice. Um, I sound like Daria most of the time. <laughs> like I have to manually put tone in my voice. It is it my body language is part of tone, all of that. So just evaluating, is it a literal thing they said that you're reacting to? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And one thing I just wanted to kind of point out too, is talking about tone in particular, I think is really interesting because I teach public speaking sometimes and, you know, I'll try to convey to people like how to express tone differently and stuff. And it is so difficult because I guess from my holistic brain, right? Like to me, it comes a little bit more naturally, I guess, to like be able to vary my tone a little bit. So then to try to explain that, that comes a little bit more naturally to me, to other people is really challenging for me. Um, So those are some of like the biggest challenges I have with teaching is like things that come more naturally to me. How am I able to like break that down and make it a little bit simpler? And that's something I'm still working on. And there are ways where autistic tone and our flat affect um can actually be its own benefit like Mm -hmm. in high school my main like academic meet things were extemp speaking in original oratory and doing public speaking stuff um doing voice acting like a lot of autistic people are into acting Mm. a lot because it's Mm. just oh I get to mask you've given me a character I'm supposed to mask as I can do that like Mm. on my audio drama I don't voice the autistic character um so my voice is a lot more animated like this when I'm talking in her voice and I have tone everywhere and I make more pauses and that's not my voice I'm not modulating my voice I'm just adding tone but masking and tone are a big thing too it's like you have to live using your customer service voice for autistic people ah gosh just the way that you put that makes me feel really (laughs) bad about that that sounds awful it sounds so tiring it's exhausting and i think for anyone who speaks more than one language um it is akin to having to speak in a second or third language all day Mm -hmm. and then coming home and going oh my god I can think in my my native language again Hmm. wow I love all the metaphors you're giving us today like these are really kind of helping me understand a little bit better like I've never autistic people love metaphors I I love it I love it It's, it's amazing it helps me learn a lot so I love it I think that's interesting that you say autistic people love metaphors because we're we're talking about the fact that autistic people speak so literally and want (laughs) to be spoken to literally. And yet you like metaphors. Because they, they help. The metaphor is about a literal thing. It carries the meaning and it is the closest sort of analogous experience we can often give someone to how we're feeling. Okay. So the metaphor is about a customer service voice. I worked in customer service for a good chunk of my life. And I know a lot of other millennials have. So when I say it's like customer service voice all of the time, they're like, oh, okay, I get that. Because you have a... hasn't worked in customer service. Yeah, gets exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have a script for how you respond to things. You can be confused as to why someone's mad and you just have to go, all right, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to check on that for you. 
<laughs> and you have to smile when you don't mean to. And uh, gosh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just such a completely different, you know, I mean, obviously the, the software, as you said, is different, right? So it's, it's just so interesting to try to place myself in, yeah, I guess, for lack of better words, in autism shoes, right? And trying to think about and trying to think about that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, okay, we're starting to get kind of close towards the end of our time. Um, so if you have like one overarching communication tip for people, I know that we've talked a lot about different tips, but if you have like one thing overarchingly that you think is the most important, what would you say that is? Could be something you've already said, could be a new thing, just whatever. Don't assume the worst. It's just don't assume the worst. Whenever someone's saying to you, try not to assume the worst. I appreciate uh, that. Because that's something, that's a tip anybody can use with, with anybody. In the yeah. 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 Someone doesn't have to tell you they're autistic. Someone might not know they're autistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and if they say something that might be uh, upsetting or you might take a different way, don't assume the worst. Just pause ask for clarification i need to have that like tattooed on my forehead for myself or something you know <laughs> or the back of my hand yeah don't assume the worst <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. i know, know be open-minded yeah i and i do think that that's probably something i struggle with yeah is like maybe not assuming the worst in people but assuming maybe not the best things <laughs> you know yeah but, maybe the worst interpretation yeah, there yeah, something. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. right? Yeah. So, right. Yeah. I think that's something that so many people can work on, including me for sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like I could talk to you all day because I, I love <laughs> the information you've been sharing, but um, yeah, I so appreciate you being here and sharing this information. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, so I am mostly active on um, Instagram okay. at the handle um, AudiHDBree, A-U-D-H-D-B-R-I. Um, yeah, that's mostly where I'm active because socializing can stress me out quite a bit. Yep. Um, and then I have my two podcasts, um, Today's Lucky Winner, which we're currently between seasons. Um, and that's at the handle Lucky Winner Show um on instagram and facebook um and we also have my show info dumpies um which is um if someone wants to learn more about autistic communication um mm -hmm. i have a format that i do solo stuff about um and my first one was about the terms neurodivergent and neurodiversity explaining the history and what they mean okay so if anyone wants to learn more about those that would be a great place to find it so where where did where do they find that podcast anywhere it's called info dumpies uh, mm -hmm. okay. yeah i'm gonna check that out great yeah most of it most of it is my girlfriend and i dumping about uh special interest in hyper fixations so i'm currently editing an episode about sunscreen <laughs> So. Oh, awesome. Well, we're really into sunscreen because we're very pale and we burn real easily. So we'll probably give that one a listen. I love it. Yeah. Well, this has been really great. Um, 
I, it's great what you're doing, like just educating so many people and just being a really, really great resource. I mean, it's been, it's been really awesome. So we appreciate yes. it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you.